I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You've tuned in to Sci-Fi Fidelity, Episode 71, Jasmine Simon Interview. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It's Mike and Dave here with you once again with an interview edition of the podcast. And we couldn't be more excited about this one because Raising Dion is coming to Netflix on October 4th. And guys, this one is going to blow you away. It's so good. And I think it's going to be a big hit all around. And we got to talk with one of the cast members, Jasmine Simon, who's playing Kat, the sister of, of Dion's single mother who's who's the focus of the story and jasmine's character is great but just talking to her about the show was even better (laughs) oh she's so invested in the show and she just clearly loves it loves her character and uh, look we've done a lot of interviews and i wish they could all go this well (laughs) yes and, and i'm sure you guys will enjoy this just from meeting her as an actress as well as learning more about the show. So if you're not familiar with Jasmine Simon, less than five years after her professional career began, Jasmine landed the role of a lifetime on HBO's Ballers as Julia Green. And I say that not only because of the success of that show, but also because it's where she met her husband, West Wing veteran Dulé Hill. And although Ballers will be ending its fifth and final season in the coming months, Jasmine has quite an amazing new gig playing Auntie Cat on Raising Dion, the sister of the single mother raising a seven-year-old superhero. So Jasmine joined us to talk about the show that premieres its nine-episode season one on Netflix on October 4th. Hello, Jasmine. Thanks. Hi, guys. Hey. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're really excited about the show. I'm excited, too. I'm excited for you. Have you guys seen <laughs> any of it? Oh, yes. It's funny because I uh, sat down to watch the premiere to prepare for this interview and I ended up watching all nine episodes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. It's bingeable. Check. Good. Very much so. Well, yeah, well, you know, Jasmine, there are a ton of superhero shows out there, but Raising Dion explores the struggles of a mom and her young son who's dealing with powers that start to present themselves when he's seven years old. And of course, you play Dion's aunt, but as the mother of a brand new baby boy yourself, uh, does the show speak to you on a parental level in, in addition to, of course, the superhero angle? It does. You know, you guys have seen it. So, you know, I'm not going to be giving away too much, but there's certain <laughs> scenes that when Nicole finds out that she's pregnant and she just finished dancing and she has to tell Michael B. Jordan's character that she's pregnant. I literally cried at that moment because she was at an intersection of being the old Nicole and then being a new Nicole, uh, the, you know, the mom, the, the leading character of this show. And I like cried when I saw that because it was such an emotional scene and the struggle of her having to be a single mother, because at that point, when you see that scene, when she's 
dancing, you already know that she's a single mom. You already know that he has superpowers. And so you know that she's going to have a real struggle and that Dion's going to have to work through some stuff. And the flashback just meant like so much to me. And I'm like, oh, no, girl, you have no idea what you're getting into. Motherhood is hard. Your husband's going to die. Your son's going to have superpowers. (laughs) Run, girl. (laughs) So, you know, it was it was a very emotional scene for me to watch. But, you know, motherhood is hard if your children have superpowers or not. So I I feel I feel sorry for Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) She has to pack a lunch and watch out for the Twix candy bars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, this show takes place in Atlanta, and it's actually kind of nice to see the city playing itself in a TV show because, of course, a lot of things are filmed in Atlanta, but they don't necessarily take place there. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the city is a character in and of itself in Raising Dion? I do feel like that. I mean, in one scene, it was like Pond City Market, and I lived there <laughs> while I was shooting. I was like, oh, my gosh, I know that block, or I know that school, or I know that street. And I think it is important if you're going to shoot a show in a certain location and make people leave L.A. Most, I mean, all of us live in L.A., except Josiah. He lives, I think, in Philly. But we all had to leave and go to Atlanta. So if you're going to make the cast leave where they live and go to a city – at least make the city be a character, at least make it that city. And you're right. So many times they shoot shows in different city and they're cheating it like it's LA. Like why do that? Let's make it Atlanta. (laughs) So I'm glad that Atlanta got showcased as Atlanta. And it is, it is a character on the show. Make it a little more realistic. Well, it's interesting because we do hear that there are some issues of race in the city and Atlanta is kind of uniquely suited to that, I feel like with, you know, people from all walks of life, all types of professions. And I, f- I feel like it feels like Atlanta in a way. It does. You know, it, it has, it definitely has an Atlanta vibe to it. And you're, you're right. You know, racism is alive and well, especially with everything that's going on in the politics in the United States right now and in the world. It's not unique to the United States. Racism is not a unique thing to Atlanta, but I'm glad that we do touch on a couple of topics in the show about Dion going to an all white school and how that's affecting him. And he's such a little boy that he doesn't really understand what's happening. And I think that that speaks true to any walk of life, any, any city, you know, little kids don't really understand they're taught to dislike and taught to hate. And I think that that's a sweet moment for Dion to try to wrap his mind around what's going on and a real moment and a moment that needs to be told more because as an adult, we have the responsibility to raise children that are global citizens, not just in Atlanta, not just in the United States, but just global citizens of the world. And I think that us even touching the topic even briefly is important because we do have a superhero that is a little brown boy and which you don't see a lot in the lead of a show who is a black woman. So I think that we are hitting on all the cylinders in this show, especially touching on on the race topic in Atlanta, which is the South. And you're right. Atlanta is a melting pot. But beyond being a melting pot, it is upward mobility for blacks in Atlanta. You know, that's a city that, you know, it's cool to be a black woman in Atlanta. You know, there are mayors and and attorneys and doctors and business owners. And you see that and it's alive and it's well and it's actually very contagious to be there. My husband had visited while I was shooting and we were driving down the expressway and it's billboards of a bunch of black people. And you don't normally see that. That's not what you see in LA. You don't see, you know, you had the ambulance chaser attorneys, (laughs) 
you're driving down the freeway. Like, if you've been hit by a bus, call me. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's black people on those billboards <laughs> in LA. I don't see that. So, you know, it, it's cool to be there and it's cool what we're doing. And it's cool to have a melting pot like Atlanta, like you said, be another character on our show. Well, you know, one of the things that always attracts me in almost any show in any genre is the family dynamic. And then I, I think I'm particularly drawn to the sibling dynamic, but I really think the sister connection is more compelling for whatever reason. So could you talk a little bit about the dynamic that exists between your character, Kat and Nicole, who's Dion's mother played by Alicia Wainwright? Yeah. So I am a year and a half older than Alicia on the show. I'm her big sister, but not by a lot, right? So Kat, it's funny because when we were shooting, I'd say, I'm your sister. And she was like, I'm your big sister. And she was like, you're a year and a half older than me. That cut didn't make it, <laughs> make it in. But Kat is so maternal to Nicole. Like she feels like she, in a way, feels like a mother to Nicole a lot of times in the show. She wants her to be okay. She wants her feet to be on solid ground. She wants Dion to be okay. And it is very sweet to see that and to let that relationship play out. But the background with Nicole and Kat's characters is their parents are doctors. And so both Nicole, played by Alicia Wainwright, and myself went to medical school. But Alicia is the free spirit of the bunch. And she wanted to be a dance major. So she drops out of medical school while Kat continues on in medical school and becomes a doctor. So Kat's parents, their parents, continue to financially support Kat through college. However, with Nicole, because she dropped out and wanted to be a dance major, her parents cut her off. So she had to kind of find her own way. And that plays out a little bit in her interactions with other people and with Kat's character, because I think in a way she feels like she's literally in it all alone because of what has happened to her in the past. And that's not necessarily true. Your emotions aren't always true. And in this case, Nicole's emotions aren't true. Her sister has been there with her every step of the way. And she needs a reminding of that sometimes that just because our parents cut you off financially because of the decisions that you made, Kat is very much still here for you. So we see, we get to see that play out, but because Alicia's character, Nicole is a free spirit. A lot of times Kat doesn't believe what's going on with Nicole. (laughs) She thinks that, you know, the situations that Nicole are in is because she's put herself in those situations. So you see a a couple of funny bits because Kat is a doctor that she thinks about checking her sister into a mental institution (laughs) because she just can't believe that this little kid has superpowers because she's a doctor. She believes in science. And so you see that play out and they love one another. And Kat definitely loves her sister and loves her nephew and would do anything for them. And I think that is very important that when people are watching this, you know, a lot of single mothers hopefully will tune in to see that they're, they are portrayed on TV and they're portrayed in a great light and they're portrayed protecting their children. But more importantly, that they're not alone, that there are sisters and neighbors and, and relatives that are there for them to support them through anything. And I think that's what Kat is for Nicole and for Dion. Yeah. 
Now, you mentioned Cat's Nephew, and Raising Dion, of course, has some wonderful performances from its younger cast members. Yes. And not just Josiah Young as Dion, but also I really loved Sammy Haney as his friend Esperanza. He's my favorite. <laughs> and, oh, my God. And from others who play kids at the school where Dion is relatively new. So what have been some of your personal experiences that you've enjoyed on set with some of these extremely talented kids? So here's the thing, you know, Kat doesn't really interact with these children that much on camera because Kat is in disbelief the entire time. So she's like, this isn't happening. I got to go to work. But I have had the pleasure to meet them off camera and they're all just amazing. And their performances blew me away. Sammy, who plays Esperanza, is a little scene stiller. She like can steal any scene with her cute little bubbly personality and her little quippy comebacks. I think she's just so talented. And that's one of the many things that I love about Raising Dion is because it's such a diverse cast and not just racially diverse or ethnically diverse. I mean, Sammy, who plays Esperanza, has brittle bone disease. And so she's in a wheelchair. And she just shows you that even though I have this disorder, this, this issue, I can still overcome it. And I can still be a star and I can still act and I can still represent for other kids that are in wheelchairs or other people that are in wheelchairs. I mean, and I just actually had the pleasure of seeing her at the Netflix Emmy party and she was just dazzling. She was just amazing. And I'm just very fortunate that I get to work on a cast of people such as herself. But, you know, they're all really great kids and it's hard to be a child actor and they're just taking the bull by the horns and they're doing phenomenal work. And I'm excited for everybody to see their work. Well, speaking of seeing work, I mean, you're playing a doctor again in Racing Dion, just as you you did in Ballers. And Kat has her own side stories, uh, relationships at the hospital. And of course, as you mentioned, the skepticism with what's going on with her nephew. But what aspect of your character on her own are you most looking forward to audiences getting to see on the screen? You know, I think that Kat, I don't want to give too much away, but she's a lesbian on the show. She has a girlfriend. And I am really looking forward to people seeing that that didn't matter that she was a lesbian. It didn't change anything about her. It's kind of like an aside. Oh, like she's in a relationship and it happens to be a woman. Because I think that in today's society, we have an image of what a lesbian is and what they're supposed to be like and their demeanor. And in no way does Kat fit any of this. She's just a woman that's in love with a woman and it didn't matter that she was a lesbian and she is. And I think that that's very important for all people to be, you know, displayed on television as their normal self, not as a character as a lesbian, if that makes sense. I hope that makes sense because, you know, I have a four month old, so sometimes the words are very hard, but she's not, (laughs) they didn't write her and say, now, now do lesbian things. They said, do all the things and go, oh, guess what? You're a lesbian and that's real life. And I'm very happy that Dennis Liu and Carol Barbie wrote her that way and that they gave a voice to young doctors who are lesbians and and also wear silk pajamas to bed and eye masks. You know what I mean? So, (laughs) So I'm excited that people get to see that. And yes, I am a doctor again. I feel like in real life, I'm afraid of blood. So people have graciously wrote me in as doctors so I can live vicariously with fake things, <laughs> with <laughs> fake cadavers and fake knee surgeries and fake IV bags on Raising Beyond. <laughs> I'm sure the, the Ballers fans will enjoy seeing that, that crossover I element there. So. But 
I think so. I never did one surgery or I had to do anything on camera on ballers. So at least on this show, I'm actually doctoring. Okay. You know, I get to like do some doctor stuff, which was very hard. I was like, excuse me, med tech. Can you show me how to do that? I have no idea what I'm doing. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to be a fake doctor, guys. I, th- I think it's important to also note, just like Ballers, that in addition to the drama story, the heartwarming family story, and even the sci-fi elements presented by Dion's powers, there's quite a bit of humor in raising Dion, too. Is that something that attracted you to the script? 100%. 100%. So, and I think that it kind of shocked some of the writers where we, the actors, found the humor. Do you know what I mean? Because they write it and... They think this is funny. And then when we do it, they're like, okay, no, that's really funny. So now this show has a very bubbly part to it, a a comedy aspect to it that I don't even think they expected when they wrote it at first. I know in the table read, when we were sitting there doing it, after we would finish an episode, they would come up and be like, now that was funny. And I'm like, oh, no, was that not supposed to be funny? They're like, please keep it, keep it light. And so I think that when you're dealing with a single mom whose husband has died, that's pretty dreary, right? (laughs) So it's good that we can find the comedy in it. We could, It's good that the kids bring lightness to it. It's good that Kat can be funny sometimes. It's good that Alicia can laugh and Jason can laugh. And Jason is just so bumbly in so much of it that it makes you laugh. So I think that, you know, like Ballers, this also has something for everyone. There are dark times out there in the world. People don't really want to sit down for 59 minutes and watch something dark and dreary straight through or dramatic and, and clinching and white knuckling through it. They want something that's going to, you know, lighten the load a little bit. And I feel like Raising Dion has every aspect of drama and white knuckling and being anxious and laughing and family. It has something for everybody on it. And that's why I'm really excited for people to see it. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Now, you mentioned Michael B. Jordan, and I think for most of us, our reaction is, oh, I love that dude. And he's, of course, attached as an executive producer, but he's also playing a role in front of the camera. And, you know, we're trying to keep this as spoiler free as we can. But what can you tell us about how much we might get to see him on screen and in what capacity? Well, you know, she's a single mom. So you know that he is no longer with us, that the log line will tell you that she's a single mother with a little boy with superpowers. And he happens to be the little boy's father. And so at the beginning of the season, you know, the series, he's already passed away, but you get to see his sparkling smile throughout the entire series. You know, he pops in here and there. And when he does, he dazzles us like Michael B. Jordan can and does. 
and really in a flashback capacity. And I'm not giving anything away by saying that because, again, we know that she's a single mom. But he does come in and he lays the hammer down for us and and it's his, you know, very handsome, charming self. And we are very lucky to have him in front of the camera as well as behind the camera. I think that the people that might not tune in will lay eyeballs on it because Michael B. Jordan is attached. And so we are very fortunate to have him grace the screen for us. And and he is throughout. He's in the beginning, the middle, and the end, which they are geniuses for doing that. <laughs> it's like right when you're like, where is he? They're like, oh, there he is. Okay, he's back. And he has some great episodes that ground the series to kind of anchor the ship for us. Yeah, and I, I just want to say before I ask my last question, we were talking about the humor and you mentioned Jason. Keep your eye on Jason Ritter, everybody, because that role is so hilarious and his delivery is just <laughs> so wonderfully awkward. He is just, you guys are going to love it. He is one of my <laughs> favorite people in general. He's just a really good, stellar human being on and off camera, but... I think that this role was made for him. Yes. <laughs> it just it was made for him and you know, like you said, keep your eyes on Jason Ritter for sure. Now, one last thing I want to ask, another person that's involved behind the scenes, of course, is creator Dennis Liu, whose 2015 comic book and short film inspired Raising Dion. Did you know anything about the inspiration for the show beforehand and if not, what were your impressions when you heard about it and your role in the show? I did not. Um, you know, it kind of crept up on me. In 2015, you know, I was real, real deep into getting engaged, getting married to Dulé Hill off of Ballers as well. <laughs> <laughs> so the comic book in a short passed by me. But when the when the role came my way and I watched the short, I was completely blown away. And Dennis is a genius, in my opinion, because he's an Asian guy and he wrote this story about a single black mother and her black child who has superpowers. And he created this whole world for us. And he's so gracious that he allowed us to make this TV show and was so supportive of all the cast and all the writers and all the producers on this TV show. And I think that that shows in our writing room, it shows with the cast, the diverse cast, it shows with the diverse writers. And, you know, I can't say enough positive things about Dennis Liu. I will say this for your viewers. I don't know if they know who Marie Kondo is, but his wife is the interpreter on Marie Kondo's TV show. Oh. And I think that that might be the second coolest thing about Dennis Liu. <laughs> I mean, did you guys know that? I did not. Well, see, I am so glad that I got to give you guys something today. <laughs> if you go watch Marie Kondo's show on Netflix, the interpreter is Dennis's wife. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> Two powerhouses in one house. You have a Marie Kondo expert on one side and Dennis Lou on the other. Give me a break. <laughs> but Dennis is, you know, Dennis is a cool guy. He gave a cool concept. I loved the short. I love our show. I love the comic book. And I'm really excited, you know, for everybody to see what his mind created. And it just goes to show you that people don't have to do just one thing. You know, you don't have to fit into a box. And I think that this show and Dennis is indicative of diversity and you don't have to be pigeonholed into one thing. You can do a lot of things. And I'm glad that Michael B. Jordan and Outlier and Kenny Goodman saw this and believed in it and brought it to Macro and bought it to Netflix. And now it's come to life because a lot of times if you 
you know, if you say, I got this Asian guy that wrote a story about a single black mother, you're going to be like, yeah, right. Get out of here. <laughs> what does he know about that? You know, really? But he knew a great deal about it. He had passion for it and he believed in it. And now we have a whole series because of this guy's vision. And I think that if more people believed in everybody's ideas, even if it doesn't in that moment make sense, that we'd have a lot more original content because that's what this is. Then it's just created something new. Yeah. Which we need. He nailed it. So he nailed it. <laughs> exactly. He nailed it. Well, Jasmine, thanks so much for joining us today. We're looking forward to Raising Dion when it comes out on Netflix October 4th. Yeah, I can't wait. Everybody can watch it at midnight on the eve of 11.59 on October 3rd. Everybody can start watching. <laughs> I'm excited to see what everybody thinks. And I do want to say thank you to my four-month-old baby, Levi, for not screaming while I did this this interview. So thank you very much. <laughs> thanks, Levi. <laughs> Mommy loves you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jasmine. You guys have a great day. Thank nice you. talking to you. All right, and you can tell that this is a show that Jasmine is very much invested in. She definitely hit on all the points that I wanted to talk about to tease you guys with because there's so many great qualities that you can come at this show with, whether it's the sci-fi elements, the family elements, the African-American experience elements, and everything in between. And somehow managed to keep it relatively spoiler-free. Yeah, pretty good job there, I have to say. And uh, as I mentioned there, when I was talking to her at the beginning, I have seen it all because I was just so blown away. I, I, I had to do more than my due diligence research. And I think because of the fact that we mentioned that she herself was very forthcoming, knowing that we had seen it or that I had seen it anyway. <laughs> but I, I hope you guys enjoyed that little peek behind the scenes since this interview does come out before the show airs. But if you want to check it out, it's on Netflix starting on October 4th and Dave, uh, I know you're anxious to uh, see what all the fuss was about during this interview. <laughs> oh, can't wait. Can't wait. All right. So what do we have up next, Mike? Well, next we have another show topic. And many of you have probably checked out Undone on Amazon Prime Video because it did come out in September. But we wanted to give people a little chance to absorb this very unique show. And because it is half hour episodes, we're actually going to be talking about the first three episodes and it's kind of got a little bit of time travel. It's got a little bit of a psychological element to it. And it's also got this unique animated style. Dave, you, you, did you enjoy watching it in that unique style? I loved it. And, you know, it also has a lot about family, you know, like we talked about in the interview. Yeah, I feel like we're probably going on a theme here with not only the family aspects, but the the shorter format for Undone and we're doing The Good Place later. So uh, a lot of great content out there. It doesn't have to be, you know, 42 minutes long, but Undone is coming next Sunday and we'll have that on the podcast for you and, and even share a little bit of spoiler material in the spoiler zone as well for those of you who have seen the whole thing. But that's going to be it for this episode of Sci-Fi Fidelity. Keep the discussion going on social media. You can follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook at Den of Geek US and we are at Sci-Fi Fidelity. And in the meantime, we'd love it if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you access it. Be sure to send us your suggestions for future topics on social media or via email, scififidelity at gmail.com. Yeah, in fact, our next discussion topic is listener suggested. So thanks everyone again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.